This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is sponsored by the band Weatherworn and their single You Had Me at Hello, which is available now on all streaming platforms. clip of You Had Me at Hello by Weatherworn. You'll hear the song in full at the end of this episode. And if you want to learn more about Weatherworn, just listen to number 142 of Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, what's up? Hope you enjoyed the big Super Bowl Sunday over the weekend. I'm actually recording this intro on Super Bowl Sunday as we speak, but the game hasn't started yet. It's like late afternoon right now, so I have no idea uh, what the outcome is. But by the time this is released, we'll have known who the winner is. You know, I'm not a huge football guy, but uh, I do enjoy all the food. Who doesn't, right? And watching all the funny commercials and the halftime show. And I'm sure the weekend um, is going to do a killer job this year, or at this point has done a killer job. Uh, Before we start uh, today's episode and get to our guest, just a quick reminder to join the Pop Punk and Pizza Club Facebook group and vote for your favorite song from the 10 Songs for February 2021 episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. You can hear all the songs by listening to episode number 147 of the podcast, or actually you can just go to the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast playlist on Spotify, and you'll find all of them there as well. The song with the most votes stays on the playlist for another month, so for the month of March. So make sure you uh, get on that before the uh, end of the month is over with, and we all know how quick February passes by. So today, we are welcoming Tom Higginson to the podcast. Now, most of us know Tom for being the front man of Chicago's Plain White Tees, right? But Tom is just so much more than that, and we learned that today on this episode. He also plays drums in a punk band called TLB. He has this really cool new 80s pop uh, music-inspired solo project called Million Miler, and he's also the owner of a record label called Humans Were Here. And it was just really interesting to hear Tom tell stories about all of these projects and how he kind of pieces all of them together. So let's make way for the talented and creative mind that is Tom Higginson. Kids in love, killing time that they won't get back. Watching it as it always pass. Kids in love, kids in love. Kids in love, do what they can to make it last. Shake it for the run for Kids in love, kids in love. Kids in love, kids in love. Kids in love, kids in love. Pretty Pam with the makeup had the whole 
so no, it was uh, six years ago. It was during the American Nights um, cycle. And uh, you guys were playing a show in Watsika, <laughs> Illinois. Okay. And I, I live in um, Bradley, which is near like Kankakee. Gotcha. And so I work for a radio station in that area. And our, our signal covers, you know, all of the, the Watsika area. And so we we used to do, do advertising with the Watsika Theater. And um, when you guys were playing Watsika Theater, they um, were like, oh, do you have any interest in, in interviewing the band? And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, you and I talked on uh, the, the radio station is, is WFAV. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you remember that at all. But so technically we met over the phone. <laughs> okay, well, I knew that there was some connection. I just couldn't quite get there in my mind. I'm like, wait, well, I know this guy. I've done something with with them before, or something. So, okay, good. Wow, thanks I, for clarifying. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm flattered that you just like remember like this guy sounds familiar. <laughs> like, you well, know. did you have? Were you doing? You probably weren't doing this podcast back then, were you? Well, I think what ended up happening. So I aired the interview. And then I think I, I was podcasting at that time. And I think I actually uh, posted the interview, like the full interview in the podcast I was doing at that time. So that might be. Okay. Maybe there was yeah. somehow I saw that and connected it or something. I, yeah. I think that's probably what it was um, <laughs> because I, I can't remember exactly. It's not like we had a super long interview, but I, I remember not being able to air the whole thing, I think, just huh. because of the, the length of it. All the um, swears and stuff. Oh, and no, all the no. swears, all the F-bombs and all the, <laughs> you know, shits. And um, no, but uh, I do remember putting it on. It wasn't Pop Punk and Pizza. It was, I think... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was just called my name. I think it was just Jacques Lamour is what I was calling my my podcast at that time. So, um, but anyway, yeah, this one this one has a little better. Uh, it's a little catchier now. Good, good work. <laughs> a little bit. It took me a couple years to like figure it out. You know, <laughs> I I often talk about that um, on Pop Punk and Pizza. How I was just I was kind of all over the place with content and like who my guests were. And I just wasn't really, I wasn't really getting anywhere. And I just kept reading all this information about podcasts saying that you need to have a niche. You need to narrow down what it is that you do. And I'm like, well, I love pop punk <laughs> and I love pizza. So let's have pop punk bands on the podcast and eat pizza while nice. we're talking. But um, well, I love the niche. I love it. Thanks, you man. Your, you figured it out. So good work. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's a. Uh, it's yeah. really great to have you a part of it. Um, yeah. Thank you for having yeah. me. This is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Um. And we, you know, I talked to to uh, Darren, your your bandmate, uh, last month from TLB. Yeah. And uh, it that was that was a lot of fun too. Uh, getting to talk to him because I honestly I never really. I didn't know much about TLB. I think maybe I had heard the name, but I didn't know a lot about the band. I didn't even know you were in the band until that was brought to my attention. And oh, you're, nice. the, you're the man behind the skins. You're on the drums, which yeah. a lot of people probably don't realize 
that you're the drummer of that band. I actually, I had someone the other day thought, I, I thought he was the lead vocalist of that band. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, he's the he's the drummer. Um, yeah, I could see it getting confusing because I do, I, I, I feel like I'm like, I don't know, some weird like jack of all trades. You know, it's like I'm the drummer of TLB, obviously the singer of the T's. I've got the Million Miler thing project, which I know we'll talk about. Yeah. And then the label Humans Were Here, where I'm like writing and producing with all the artists. So it's like, yeah, kind of like you said with your, you know, your podcast, like I'm just all over the place, but it's kind of fun. And, and I guess for, for what I'm in, in, in terms of what I'm doing, I think maybe I'm hoping that it works because I have these different avenues. It's almost as if you like, yeah, you were all over the place. So instead you just formed five different podcasts that were all very specific. You know, that's kind of what I feel like, you know, because the plain white tees, obviously we started out and we were a little bit more of a pop punk band, you know, we had more of a pop punk vibe. Right. And then with our hits, we're always like the acoustic songs on the album. So it's like generally over time, it's like, okay, we've done more and more of that, you know? Um, but it's like, I still love pop punk and I still love that, the energy of, of that kind of thing. So that's where TLB comes in. You know, now it's like the T's don't have to be so all over the place because now I've got TLB to kind of channel that, that pop punk energy and much like million miler, it's like an eighties, eighties kind of synth synth vibe, you know, synth pop project. And rather than trying out crazy things with the T's, it's like, no, I'm just going to take another lane and do this thing called Million Miler, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm like you're saying, I'm kind of figuring it out, you know, as, as I get older and, and wiser, hopefully, you know? <laughs> <laughs> one, one can only hope, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's really cool to, to see you involved in all these different things, kind of have, um, the wearing of the many hats as, as one would say. And it, it's interesting. Um, the, one of the first things that came to my mind, you were bringing up plain white tees and how your, your hit songs uh, that were, you know, considered uh, a mainstream success were always like the, uh, more on the acoustic side. Mm-hmm. And what are, what are the reasonings or what are the reasons for that? You think at the time, do you think it's where, the the music industry was at that point or was it i mean i know there's a lot of things that feed into that but just like thinking back on it or did do you think it was like a pigeonhole kind of thing you know it's it's a great question because there really is you know there's not like an answer really you know it's not that black and white unfortunately but you know i think with any artist right it's like like I don't know, any, any band that you love or any, any art basically in general, like Alfred Hitchcock, if Alfred Hitchcock made some slapstick comedy, you'd kind of be like, wait, what? <laughs> like, even if it was amazing, you'd be like, no, no, give me the suspense, you know? Yeah. And yeah. for whatever reason, it's like, I guess what, what we were doing because our, you know, it's not like we didn't do the acoustic thing. We always, every album we put out would always have like one or two songs that were kind of in that vibe, you know? And I think what it was, man, is just coming up in that scene with bands like Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance and all that, like that, that kind of emo pop punk scene. I think that it was the acoustic songs that maybe like, 
no one else was really doing, or maybe just we were doing them a little bit better than, than some people. So those are the ones that just for whatever reason, like, boom, those made an, 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 an more of an impact on mm-hmm. people. Um, and yeah, maybe it was because it was like, oh yeah, like they're doing the cool, they're doing the fun pop punk Jimmy world fallout boy thing. But then they do this other thing that's actually a little bit more unique to them. Maybe, or yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, there's no, like, I, I wish I could like, you know, have the exact answer formula for why that worked <laughs> or why, but you know, it is what it is. And Hey, we're, I mean, I'm, I'm feel very grateful just to have a few hits, you know, it's like, Dude, so many bands we we've toured with and and been friends with that were like easily as good as we we are or we were or whatever and uh you know they just never got that lucky break or they didn't quite work hard enough or just on the cusp of it they gave up or whatever the reason it is you know it's like we somehow got got to that level that I feel like man all those bands should have easily gotten to as well you know so I, I don't take any of it for granted I'm very grateful so Again, whether it was like the pop punk stuff or the acoustic stuff, I'm just stoked that we had songs that connected in, in a big way like that. Yeah, I just remember when when we the first time we talked about six years ago, uh, you know, we were obviously getting into talking about, hey, there, Delilah, because obviously the, the radio station I work for is a, you know, mainstream top 40 pop station. So that's what the audience is familiar with when it comes to playing yeah. white tees. And I remember you were saying like, you know, talking about trying to get people to come out to the show at Watsika Theater. And like, just so you guys know, like, we really get into it at our show. <laughs> like, we really like rock, you know, like, because it's not just like, hey, there, Delilah kind of thing. It's Totally. You know, so yeah, because it seems like that's the kind of song where, oh yeah, I like that song, but like, do I need to go see that live? You know what I mean? So it's like, obviously, we do a lot more than that, but yeah, but yeah, right. <laughs> it was, it was just kind of, it was just kind of funny <laughs> to, you well, know, yeah, because we've always like through the career, yeah, and even even up until now, I think now we're finally, like I was saying, I'm finally you know, figuring out how to kind of compartmentalize all of the, all of the, the different, you know, things that I'm passionate about, you know, instead of trying to put them all into plain white tees and then maybe confusing <laughs> listeners a little bit or whatever, you know, it's like, I'm finally figuring it out. But yeah. So I think like I'm, I'm actually writing a new plain white tees album right now and trying to, again, just maybe just, um, hone in on that that sound that i guess is like i said a little bit more unique to the tease you know that thing that we do that sets us apart from our contemporaries it's like hone in on that a little bit more um so yeah i'm actually really excited about new play my tease to throw throw that in with million miler and tlb and all the other stuff uh, i'm still excited and having fun with playing white tees so yeah that that's great to hear um so I know y- your last record came out, a plain white tees to be specific, yeah. <laughs> um, came out in uh, 2018, which once again, hard to believe that's almost three years ago. I know. Um, by Crazy. now, but uh, yeah. parallel, parallel universe, it definitely was uh, a different album compared to American nights. Um, I felt like American nights was a, a bit more like the, the classic plain white tees pop rock, you know, mm-hmm. and then I think with uh, parallel universe, it kind of threw in some more um, 
pop and it, like more experimenting with beats and things like that. Mm-hmm. So with yeah, I this, mean, 100%, yeah. So with this new record, how is that shaping out so far as you're, you're writing for well, that? Well, like Where's I was saying, at? I think I'm a little bit more honing into... Um, wow, I just got a... I just got a freaking like message on my phone that popped down. I should have, I got to turn my do not disturb on, but it says <laughs> Jeff Bezos steps down as Amazon CEO. What? No That's way. That's what it just said on like a little news blip. Oh, is that like uh, do you have an iPhone and it's like the, yeah. yeah. Really? What the God, hell? That's, that's, that's nuts. I mean, he's the richest guy in the world or, or almost the, no, he is the richest guy is. in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now I got to check. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Now I got to check. No, sorry, no, no you're all good, man. You can edit I'm this, curious. I'm sure, right? Yeah, I, I don't care. We, we do things on the fly all the time on this podcast. <laughs> that's that's what uh, that's what makes it fun. I'm looking at my little Apple News app. I don't, they don't have anything here, but I'm sure there's something somewhere. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a weird one. Yeah, I wonder who's going to be taken uh taken his spot yeah very interesting mm-hmm. yeah now okay now i see it man what the hell <laughs> weird right yeah i forget like how many billions and of do- dollars that he's worth yeah um and obviously since the pandemic i know he's He's skyrocketed even more because everybody's just staying home and shopping on Amazon, you know? I take that back. He's worth one point or no, Amazon, either Amazon or Bezos. Either way, it's the same thing. Uh, Worth one point six trillion dollars. Holy crap, dude. One point six. That's almost two trillion dollars. Yeah. I remember reading an article not that long ago, like within the last year or two, saying that. Uh, Jeff Bezos was, if if the success of Amazon continues and all that, he's on track to be like the wor- world's first trillionaire. Wow. Wow. What do you do with all that money? Yeah. I mean, for real. You could like do, I mean, anything is the correct answer. You know, you could Literally. like kind of end like global hunger. You could like, you know, like. I mean, maybe not, but maybe. I'm, I, don't I know, mean, dude. darn, darn close. If, if like, if you, let's say you like foresaw like all those organizations that you quote unquote started, because we all know a lot of those organizations, the the money gets mismanaged like crazy, right? Sure, sure. So, you know, if you actually like yourself personally, like walked through everything to make sure that that money or those supplies or whatever was actually getting right to, to where they're supposed to be getting and yeah 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 <laughs> exactly so that's interesting well i guess we'll see how that unfolds yeah no <laughs> but um, anyway, so, besides amazon so, yeah <laughs> now, besides, now there's going to be a song about amazon on the new plain white tees record yes absolutely <laughs> Um, it'll be a love song because I love getting my Amazon packages all the time. So, right. Who doesn't? Um, (laughs) um, so yeah, so I guess to answer the question, um, the, yeah. So on the last tease album, parallel universe, we definitely did, uh, try to experiment a little bit more with 
uh, yeah, just some like darker pop kind of things, you know, like a little bit uh, heavier beats than we would usually do. Um, a little bit more incorporating of like synthy stuff elements, you know. Um, but I, I, I feel like, and I, by the way, I love the album and I'm super proud of the way it turned out. Um, but again, I'm kind of like, as a, I think the, the, the theme of this, of this whole conversation is kind of finding, you know, your different lanes. And so, like I was saying for the tease new stuff, I'm trying to kind of hone in on like, okay, what is it that people love about plain white tees? You know, and obviously the, you know, no matter if we're doing, you know, a synth record or a pop punk record or an acoustic record. I mean, the songwriting style, I think, is always consistent. I think that I have a, you know, a certain way of writing that I'm kind of, I guess, known for or, um, you know, th- th- it's like a, the, the thread that kind of ties all this stuff together, you know. Um, so even though Plain White T's albums may be sonically a little bit different, I think that the heart of them all is the same, you know, which makes them work. Um, but yeah, but for this new stuff, I'm definitely trying to hone in a little bit of like really what people love about Plain White Tees, or I guess, you know, it's hard for me to be objective enough to, you know, I, I try, try to figure it out or try to understand it, it as it's much hard. as I can. It's hard when it's your own work and, oh, yeah. you, and you have your own feelings about it. Right. You know? Yeah, because you can't force like emotion or you can't, for, you know, of course you try to like, you know, it, it, it's a fine line, even, you know, with any art, it's like, cool. You want to tell your story and you want to make it authentic to you, but you also have to be aware of like, okay, like in a song, like the ends of the line, the words have to rhyme and the, the, you know, the, the, um, the arrangement of the song, there's gotta be a chorus after the verse or the pre, you know, it's like, so there's, you've got to stay in your guidelines, but you're also trying to do something that's unique and, and that's never been done before, you know? Um, so yeah, it's not always, I mean, again, like I said earlier, it's not black and white. It's not like always the easiest thing to kind of figure these things out. But, um, I think the real, the real, um, important thing is just to be inspired. You know, I think people can tell when they're listening, no matter what kind of music it's like, if this was like, cool, they're going through the motions or if this was actually like an inspired effort, you know? And so definitely just trying to make sure that I stay inspired. Um, and just if, if something is feeling a little bit like, oh, this is kind of generic sounding, or this is kind of like something I've done before, then pretty much I'll just kind of throw it out right there and and just, you know, start something fresh. Mm -hmm. So yeah, staying inspired, I think is key. That's, that's a big one. So to stay inspired and to kind of like do research and finding what that, that sound is that fans like about plain white tees, are you like trying to correspond with any fans or like doing some deep digging online on like Reddit or, or any of those things, just looking through conversations from fans or, or going back and like listening to your whole catalog. So, so since the pandemic started, um, back in, I guess it started what, like last March, pretty much since, since April, like mid April, I've been doing a, um, a weekly Facebook live thing. Um, every Wednesday night, I call it the Wednesday club. So I'm playing my T's Facebook every Wednesday. 
I go on, hang out with people for a little bit and then play five songs every week. And so it started out as kind of a thing like, oh, I need to, I should do something. You know, we can't go play shows. So I did it just this one time and I let fans vote. I put up like 10 songs and like, hey, which five of these do you want me to play? I'm going to do a live thing on Wednesday. And so it was like an awesome, like, like people loved it, you know, and I actually loved it. And so I was like, oh, shit, I should do this. I should do it again next week, you know? And then it just, it became something that I've just kept up this whole time. Almost, You know, it's uh, gone on almost a year of That's almost, awesome. like, I think I've skipped two Wednesdays in the entire time. So it's been really fun. But of course, you know, uh, you can't just play Hey There Delilah every week. So I've got to, <laughs> you can't, you know, every what? Week, <laughs> I mean, I probably should or could, but, but so I've been trying to like, you know, expand and I've played at this point. I mean, I don't even know, but I've played almost, there's probably like one or two songs maybe on each album that I haven't played yet. But other than that, you know, I've probably gone through almost a hundred songs, you know, almost the entire Planetese catalog on these Wednesday club shows. So, but to do that, it's a lot of, it's like, Oh my God, I've got to go back and re-listen to this song that I haven't listened to in 10 years or played for sure for 10, you know, since we yeah. recorded the thing basically. <laughs> so it's been a very fun, um, like you said, kind of studying my own catalog, um, without, you know, kind of having to sit down and do it almost like organically as these, these shows happen and people vote the song for the songs, you know? Um, so yeah, so through that, I've definitely had a, a major refresher course over the history of the teas, and um, so just seeing, you know, it's it's nice to look back on the songs now because, of course, I love them all. They're all like my babies, you know. But going back, it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I can kind of see why maybe this one wasn't as popular on this album, or you know, or I'll do the voting, and it's like, oh, I'm sure they're going to pick this one, and they don't. It's like, oh okay, like I see people are kind of leaning more towards these songs. And, you know, you can't necessarily base your entire fan base and success over the, you know, couple hundred people voting for this thing, but it's a good, like, you know, it's a little bit of a gauge to at least, you know, get you in the right direction. Yeah. Because the, the ones that are actually participating in those polls are, are mo most likely your diehard fans and exactly. the ones that, spend you know spend the money buy the albums go to the shows you know yeah. so yeah. we all know we're all well aware how terrible facebook their reach is nowadays you oh, know God, you, yeah. you might have i don't know how many likes plain white tees has on their facebook but i'm sure it's in the thousands and i don't know either you know i'm sure it's you know let's say it's you know five hundred thousand or whatever and your reach might be two thousand like right what the hell yeah. <laughs> i know, know? Like, it's just so um so yeah that that must be really helpful to be able to and i'm sure it's interesting like going back and playing those songs that you either haven't played since that album was released or like since it was recorded and you you sit down and you learn it again and you're like who why the hell did i write this song this way like why is this part so weird oh like, yeah you know. for sure there's like parts too where it's like um like uh you know we have other a couple other guys in the band they write once in a while as well so the, i've been having to sing like songs that i don't even sing on the albums because like tim our guitar player he's 
for the past like three or four albums, he's sang one or two songs on each album. So it's like, so to do that is even more of a stretch because like, man, I've never sang this song, you know? And so yeah. to play it and sing it, it's always like a weird, uh, I don't know, it just feels like I'm almost doing a cover song, even though it's playing my teeth, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, but again, it's like that, even that, I think the fans get a kick out of that too because it's something that they're not used to seeing or whatever. Yeah, it's special. Um, they're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. They're like just Thomas. trying to make that connection. Yeah. And mm -hmm. another good thing with that is that then I'm able to talk about, uh, I've only, I've only played plain white T songs on there, but get to talk about like, Hey guys, T my side project TLB, we just released a vinyl of our new album. So, you know, make sure you check that out. I get to kind of, you know, kind of promote some of the other stuff I'm doing, um, in kind of tapping into that plain white T's audience, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't see, I, I'm sure there's a lot of plain white T's audience that would be into TLB, you know, it's, oh, for sure. I mean, as you said, uh, plain white T's is rooted in the pop punk punk rock community in, in yeah. Chicago. I mean, that's where, that's where you guys came from. So Exactly. All, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so I mean, anybody that likes, especially the early plain white T stuff, I think it's going to just, you know, it's a no brainer with TLB. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Tom Higginson so far. Our episode today is being sponsored by a really awesome pop punk and indie rock band called Weatherworn out of Virginia. They kind of remind me a lot of uh, something corporate and Jack's mannequin. So like an Andrew McMahon <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I think you'll, you're going to absolutely love them if you haven't checked them out already. Um, and if you haven't, uh, you're going to hear their song, You Had Me At Hello, in full at the end of this episode. The song is available on all streaming platforms, and you can follow the band on Facebook and Instagram at WeatherWarnVA and on Twitter at WeatherWarnBand. Now, they were also on number 142 of Pop Punk and Pizza if you want to give that episode a listen after this episode. So let's go ahead and uh, get back to Tom Higginson now. So um, what's... Uh, so what's the the big thing you've learned then from doing these live streams and and relearning these songs and and going down memory lane yeah i mean the biggest thing i mean i've the first couple i was like a little nervous right because it's like okay cool it's weird there's nobody like even right now i can see you and talk to you right but yep. you're doing the thing on Facebook Live and you're just looking at yourself. You know, there's no, you can read comments down here, but there's no, you know, there's no real interaction. And so for the first couple of times I did it, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, okay, I just have to basically talk to myself for like 45 minutes and play some songs, you know. Um, but as I've gotten more and more used to doing it, it's become something that I actually really look forward to and like have fun with. And it's just kind of weird. Like, like almost the idea of like getting on stage and playing a show now, like now that's going to feel weird. That's going to feel like the, the, like the weird change rather than, you know, doing the online thing. So, I mean, I think if, if anything, like, makes me almost like appreciate, of course, I think this, the, the main thing with the pandemic in general, right? We're all appreciating so much more, just all those little stupid things we took for granted, like being able to go 
go to a concert or go play a concert. I'm a huge movie buff to be able to go see a movie, you know? Yeah, man, like I miss anything. those too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if anything, like with, with doing the Wednesday club every week, like made me a little bit more comfortable doing things like digitally and like with the mm-hmm. internet, because, you know, I'm always a little bit weary of like, you know, over posting or, you know, I, I didn't grow up with, with Instagram. So <laughs> it's hard to just, you know, dive in like, like, like younger people are, you know, have it so natural. Um, so it's I, definitely taught me a little bit more of that, you know, just how to kind of connect more on that digital landscape. Um, but then also, like I said, yeah, just to like, just makes me miss and like really see how, how good we had it, you know? Not that I never really take anything for granted, but man, this really puts it into perspective. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's for damn sure. It's put a lot of things into perspective for all of us mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Um, so I, I know that you have written songs for other bands and other artists over the years. Um, one of the more recent ones... Um, that I noticed, which now is getting some age on it, because I think it was 2016. It was on Simple Plans' last record. Mm, yeah, yeah. Perfectly and perfect. Yeah. Yes, yeah, perfectly perfect. Now, when it comes to something, when you're, and I don't know the, like the, the story behind Perfectly Perfect, but I actually wouldn't mind hearing it because I was like, oh, was like, that's cool. And I'm like, I'm sure you guys have known each other for years. And yes. that was probably just kind of like, hey, I, I don't know if it was one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, I got this song. Would you be interested in it? Because like I could totally hear Simple Plan playing this song. Totally. Yeah. So we have known Simple Plan. They actually back in 2005, I want to say um, they took us out on one of our first like real. I mean, we were touring a ton up to that point, but like going out with simple plan was like a real tour, you know, that was like a big, they were, you know, they were a huge. really well, yeah. well-known band at the time. Yeah. So that was like our biggest tour at that point. And, uh, and they were just fans of us. I think they heard us on warp tour or something and we're like, Oh, we like these guys. So we submitted for their tour and they, they took us. So we've been friends with those guys for, yeah, geez, 15 years now. Um, and yeah, perfectly perfect was actually written. Um, as a plain white tease song, not with simple plan in mind, a simple plan in mind. Um, but it didn't make our record. It wasn't actually quite as good as it, as it turned out to be. It was just kind of like a demo and it, kind of an unfinished thing. But the guy I wrote it with, um, he actually had a session with simple plan, like a few months later. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, do you mind if I play them perfectly perfect? I can see if maybe they liked it. And it was just like light bulb, like, Oh my God, that is such a simple plan song. (laughs) Like that's perfect. And it turned out that they did love it, but then they ended up kind of rewriting parts of it and completely took it from like, Oh, this is a cool idea to like, oh man, this is a great song. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't sit in the room with. I, I'm, we. I always talk about with Pierre about writing. Uh-huh. Like we always talk. Oh, we got to write together, man, because we. I feel like we kind of have a similar style with with some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and unfortunately, with that song, it was stuff that I had written that they kind of reworked and 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 made it their own and, and rewrote a little bit. Um, but it turned out great. And yeah, I love, I love the way it, it came out in the end. 
Yeah. And I think even the way it did come out, um, or maybe it's just because I knew your name was attached to it, but even just listening to the, the final, uh, the final song, the final product, I feel like it even sounds like a simple plan song. And I guess it's just because it's the, the typical acoustic ballad, you know, and it's, so it's like that, that mainstream, uh, plain <laughs> version of plain white tees. Sure, that, totally, you know. <laughs> totally. But um, I do think Simple Plan is another band though that has always they always do some song. They live in that world a little bit too, you know. Yes. So that's yeah. why it wasn't like a stretch for them to do something like that. Uh, I think it worked. It worked great for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that uh, that record um, has a, has a lot of different. Um, it, it kind of goes all over the place with with different sounds and styles, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's my favorite Simple Plan record. Oh, um, nice. Which so see you are like the you are the opposite of like like you don't want just one thing from your band. You're okay with them spreading their wings a little bit and trying new things. I, I like that. That's how <laughs> As, we feel. Like in Plain White Tees, that's how we're always uh-huh. like hoping that our fans are and i know mm-hmm. there are a ton of them out there as well yeah. um but then again like i like we've been talking about it's like or we can just do the one thing we're real good at and you know <laughs> and just improve <laughs> upon it yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. It's, yeah um, it's it's it, there's no right or wrong way you know but it, it's just fun to you know fun to figure it out as you go along like because as an artist you do kind of want to do you know a little bit of everything or you want to kind of dabble and i don't know just like i said expand a little bit and just always push yourself i guess Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it works great and sometimes it's a little bit like "Eh, yeah just give me like give me the acoustic please you know (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes speaking of pushing if i'm not mistaken darren of tlb was telling me you were the one that was pushing darren to write those songs that started TLB, right? Or was that just for this particular, this most recent record for TLB? So it started out. So Darren, um, I don't, he had like a bad breakup, right? He had a, I mean, a real, that's like, that's a understatement for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he was like really, really devastated and he actually, so, he went and wrote a bunch of songs on his own, just like as, you know, as artists, you know, as same thing I would do, anybody would do it that writes songs like, man, when you need it the most, you know, your guitar is the, you know, your closest friend, you know, you turn to it in in times like that. So he wrote a bunch of songs and um, he kind of came to me and he asked, cause I've got a studio set up in in my, my place. And so he came to me and was like, Hey dude, like, I wrote some songs like, would you, would you be down to like maybe record a few of them with me just to like, you know, like almost like therapeutic, right? Like get, get, get through this, help him get through it. Um, and so I said, hell yeah, dude, of course. And then I listened to the songs and some of them were like really kick ass. And it was like, dude, this is going to be fun, man. Yeah. Let's like, let's hang, let's jam these songs. And then we, once we started recording a couple of them, then like I had, I would get an idea and I'd be like, dude, Oh, like, what about a song like this? And like, so I would give him like an idea and he'd be like, Oh dude, that's awesome. And then he'd take it 
And like, like if I wrote, gave him a chorus, he'd go and write, write a verse to it or something. And so it just became this thing where it started out as, um, yeah, as him just kind of doing it to like get over a bad breakup, but it turned into us having so much fun with it. And the songs, like, in my opinion, being really good and really fun, that was like, man, like, we need to keep doing this. This is awesome. And, um, yeah, we started playing some shows and it just kind of went from there. Um, so yeah, I'd say maybe at the very beginning of it, I think Darren was the one who initiated the idea of, of, you know, recording some songs. But I think ever since then, ever since I got like, like ever since I realized like, damn, this is a really good and really fun. I think then it's like been me kind of pushing the charge a little bit. Um, and yeah, just trying to like start some ideas or like me and him will come up with a title. Like a lot of our songs were written just with a title first. Like if a title like makes us smile or makes us laugh or is just clever, then it's like, okay, we can totally write that song, you know? Really? So um, you, you, you'll literally write a title before you even actually write the song. Oh yeah. Like, I mean that some of the, the songs on our new album, um, you know, there's, there's BS. I love you which mm -hmm. is, you know, there's till death do us party instead of part, you know, uh, I don't want to think about it. I just want to drink about it is my personal favorite. So yeah, it's like, these are just kind of things that we would like say or something or like, and I'll be like, Oh my God, dude, that's a song right there. That's a, like, write down that title. And then we write it two months later or something, you know? Okay. But yeah. A lot of, a lot of the songs have been inspired by just one, some like, funny title like that see i've never met an artist or a songwriter that does that and that kind of actually sparks something in my mind to <laughs> think about the next time i go and write a song i'm gonna think maybe i'll try that one thing that tom was talking yeah, about and i just... mean it helps man i mean like for example not not the, not quite the same but like with delilah mm -hmm. like you know once I kind of had the idea of like, okay, I've got to write this girl song and I write songs about girls, of course, all the time, half of our, you know, I should say like 90% of our songs are like love songs, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but it was like, okay, cool. Once I knew I was going to write a song about Delilah, I was like, oh, you know, that's an interesting name. I never really write girls' names into songs, but damn Delilah, that's got, it's like such a, it's like a biblical, you know, like such a instantly <laughs> poetic and that name means something to people already, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe I'll include her name in on this one. And then it's like, once it's like, okay, yeah, Delilah, you know, then it just kind of, you know, it's easier if you do have like a specific thing that, you know, the song is about going into it. A lot of times the song can kind of write itself, you know, or at least guide you. You know, it's always the songs where, oh man, I've got this really cool verse, but like, I don't know where to go in the chorus. Like, that's harder for me. You that's, know, it's easier that's the problem. to know what the song is before you go into it, kind of. That's the problem I have all the time. I write, I, I have this bad problem of just writing pieces mm -hmm. and, I ne and they never go anywhere because I don't know where to go after totally. I'll come up with, you know, like a hook, like a, like a, a, a chorus or maybe it's a verse or whatever the hell it is. I, and then whatever, like, then I try to expand on it and then it's, it, it doesn't, for some reason I can't 
I can't go anywhere. Absolutely. Like, I don't. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a there's a song on the um, uh, on the new TLB album called Holiday that actually was like that. I wrote, I had this like verse idea, and that kind of like was like oh, like kind of wrote a chorus to it, and it was like oh, this is cool. Played it for Darren and Eric, the guitar player, and they were both like, yeah, it's cool, man. And I'm like, wait, like why don't they like it? Like what's wrong? You know? And I really had to evaluate it. And then I kind of, once I like kind of stepped away and like, okay, what is this song about? Like the verses are really good. I know it. So it's like, what am I, what does it want? What does it feel like it's leading up to, you know? And so I just totally scrapped the, the original chorus that I had and rewrote the chorus. And then it became holiday, which is probably my favorite song on the album. Um, and so it's like, yeah, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. But the one thing it, it, normally you do need to like, you got to know what the point of the song is, I guess, you know, you and gotta sometimes, know where you're going. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to actually figure out, you know, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, so that's why I guess, like I was saying, if you do have that before you even write a note of it, sometimes it makes it easier because, okay, you know what you're trying to say. Um, Sometimes that can, that can, like I said, kind of guide you there. Yeah, that's a good tip. I'm going to keep that in mind. Put that in my hat and use it next nice. time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know how that turns out. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to need it. So how, wh- where do drums come and play for you? Did you play drums before you ever picked up a guitar or started singing? Uh, I mean, yeah, I did. So, I mean, I guess, you know, singing you kind of sing when you're a kid or you're, you know, it's like singing. Um, and I actually, I wrote, I was, I wrote like a couple just like little like songs, you know, I guess when you first start writing songs, you kind of just write poems or something, right? Like you're (laughs) you're just writing stuff, but like in junior high, I kind of had like a, an urge to like write or like do music. I love music. Um, and then, yeah, my freshman year of high school, I asked for a drum set for Christmas Um, so I got drums as like my first real instrument and I would just come home from school and put on like, at the time it was like, you know, Nirvana, Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Weezer, Green Day. I would like just put on albums and it's like, as soon as I could play like a beat, I mean, I remember it took like, you know, kind of like guitar. It's like, man, you can't play a bar chord, it takes you months, but then once you <laughs> get it, then you kind of got it. Right. And you can like do more. Mm-hmm. It was like to get my hands coordinated just to play any beat and to get used to it. It took a little while, but then once I got it and once I could do it, then I, it was kind of easier for me to like, Oh, okay. Like then I could start I basically within about a year of playing drums, I could like put these albums on and like, you know, play along to 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 like full records or like you know kind of at least certain songs for sure um and so yeah i felt like i was i i I was pretty good within about a year or two and so then it was yeah my sophomore year i got a a guitar and again like i said it took forever to be able to play (laughs) that but i don't know i was kind of like man like drums are cool but like it'd be kind of fun to like be out front or, you know what I mean? Not that we were even, I was even playing in bands or anything, but I don't know. I just had such a love for music that it was like, once I, I, I kind of was maybe just 
like uh, kind of shocked that like, oh, wow, that was kind of easier. That was easier than I expected to be able to play drums pretty decent. Like, let's try guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and again, yeah, guitar took a little while, but once I started being able to hold down a chord, then it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. And I can put three chords together and, you know, play along to Green Day songs, which are all just, you know, pop punk, just three chord songs. So like, yeah, then I just kind of started writing songs from there. Once you can play guitar, you have a little bit of a bed there. And it was nice that I could play drums as well. So I would like make my own demos. I was going to say, yeah, record everything. And yeah, the very first Plain White Tees uh, album that we made, it was on cassette tape in 1997. Um, literally, it was just me. I went to like some somebody's basement studio and I spent, you know, two like five hour sessions and recorded 12 songs all by myself. And then we started playing shows locally and we'd sell the tapes at the shows. And that's how it all started. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild that is much like that. here we are now like with million miler is kind of like million miler which i don't know if we, we've kind of touched on it throughout the show just but, a tad but yeah, yeah let's so get into a, that it's a uh it's my solo project and i've never really done a solo project since since being in the tees you know i've had my side projects like tlb where i'm the drummer um i've obviously produced and written like you said with other artists and stuff but never really done anything on my own. And so Million Miler, um, I've just, you know, I, I love, I'm a super nostalgic guy, first of all. Yes, yeah, so I was, was going to say, you love, I know you're big in the 80s. 85 <laughs> Bears, you know, the Super Bowl is this weekend, so I had to represent here. There you go. Yeah, because you're, um, you're big into 80s culture. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's just something... Uh, I don't know, maybe because technology has come so far that like you kind of dial it back to like when all of these, like the, you know, there was like a technological renaissance in the eighties for sure. You know, with music videos, with VCRs, with just all of that stuff, cell phones and like in the late eighties, you know, it was all kind of happening uh, or maybe cell phones were maybe nineties, early nineties. I, I, I thought they started in the eight, in the, Sometime it in the eighties, eighties, yeah, yeah. But you know, the point is, is like, I don't know. There's something about, and that was my childhood. You know, I was right. born in '79, so like, you know, one through eleven was all in the eighties. So like, mm -hmm. all of those things, they hold a very like dear place in my heart. And like, since like in the past five or six years like with things like stranger things, you know, coming and kind of having like this eighties revival, there's a bar in um, LA. It's like my favorite place in the world. It's called break room 86 that we always try to go whenever we're in LA, always try to go there. It's an eighties theme. It's like completely, you step into like a John Hughes movie when you go in this, it's almost like a speakeasy, like an eighties speakeasy <laughs> nightclub. It's so fun. That's cool. And so all of these things, um, yeah, just kind of, leading me back there and making me just kind of nostalgic for this, the, all these childhood memories and stuff. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just make a side project or solo project and just do music that is inspired by, by just all, all of that stuff, all the stuff that I loved about the eighties and about, you know, 
like John Hughes movies, Back to the Future, The Goonies, um, you know, along with just all the music back then. Take on me, you know, Michael Jackson, freaking Pat Benatar, Madonna, you know, it's like, it's just that stuff is still so fun. And there's kind of, I don't know. Then we had the nineties, which was, I, you know, great. That's when I was like a teenager in the nineties. And I love Nirvana and all that stuff. Like I said, Weezer and green day and you know, that such an important time in music then too, but it was a little bit darker and a little bit more serious and a little bit more, you know, a little bit more like sad and gloomy. And I think just the person I am, I'm always been just more optimistic and, um, you know, tried to be more hopeful with just my perspective on life. So I think that, um, the, yeah, just the eighties, the eighties music kind of has always, always just kind of felt more, more me, I guess. So, yeah. So, so million miler is, is definitely, it feels like when I do million miler, it feels like, like I felt when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, starting plain white tees you know, just this very authentic, like straight from the heart to the, to the record, you know, that's what million miler is for me. So how come million miler instead of Tom Higginson, you know, well, I, mean, I mean, I like naming things, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I it's a great it's, name. I, I'm not yeah, saying anything wrong with the name. I was just curious. You yeah, know. no, it's a, it's a great question. You know, I wanted, I, I think by giving something a name, um, rather like I've never really been a big fan of like self-titled albums because it's like, unless it's like maybe your first album, then I get it. Mm -hmm. You're just, you know, but I like self-titled albums. I always thought yeah. they were weird. I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> Like, I don't, it's like a chance, like with a title is a chance to like, a chance to say something, mm -hmm. a chance to, you know, um, like individualize something, right? Give it a personality, give it, I don't know. So with, set the tone. With, right. Even. Like, like yeah. Tom Higginson to me is, I mean, I don't want to speak it to myself in the third person, but <laughs> like calling something Tom Higginson to me, it's like that, that to me incorporates all of these things, you know, like mm -hmm. TLB is Tom Higginson, Plain White Tees is Tom Higginson, you know? So I feel like, like, since this is just kind of like a, a project and it, and it is a very focused, um, you know, very focused sound and, and vibe with Million Miler, I just kind of wanted to think of a name that, that I felt like, um, you know, did it justice and sounded, sounded like the way it, it, the, the actual music sounded, you know, it made mm -hmm. you, it kind of had to go hand in hand, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so it actually took me a while to, to, to kind of come up with that name. Um, and I'm actually, I am a million miler for on United airlines because we travel so much with the T's and stuff. So I was like, I saw it on like my United app. It was like, Oh, million miler. I'm like, wow. That's, that has a cool ring to it, you know, yeah. million miler. And it kind of feels like, because I'm doing this eighties thing, it's like, man, someone who's like, who's been around and is like, you know, focusing on, on where it all began kind of a thing. You mm -hmm. know? That's cool. 
I didn't. Uh, I like hearing where the the name comes from. Not to be stereotypical, like, so what's your band name about? You know, oh, like yeah. it's totally. uh, it's I cool. Get it. I mean that that makes sense. You know, all the, all those um, those miles you put on have made have made this. You know, yeah, this exactly, yeah, this uh, synth pop thing you got going on. And I, I really do enjoy it. It, it does feel like you jumped back in a time machine. And I feel like even, um, I feel like even with, with mainstream radio, um, like a lot of the music I play on on my, my morning show, it's a lot of it's got that eighties influence to it right now. I feel like, you know, the, a lot of the weekend songs have a heavy (laughs) eighties vibe to them. Um, even like Miley Cyrus, Sure. You know? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I feel like I don't want to, you know, be on like the, the end of, you know, chasing some trend or something, you know? Right. Um, but I, I will say I do love, I think some of it, some of that stuff, again, it, it's a matter of like we were saying before, there's an authenticity or a, uh, like it, it either feels inspired or it feels, you know, kind of, trite i guess yeah and i feel like the weekend he's one of in my opinion the best artists of our time i think he's just phenomenal always pushing himself always doing something super cool um but yeah some of that stuff like i said feels a little bit more authentic than others um Mm -hmm. so yeah so with million miler i think i think people are going to hear it and i don't think you're going to say like oh he's doing that thing that everyone else is doing i think it feels like authentic enough um that people will just they'll hear me in it and they'll hear that the real emotion and the real joy in it i mean anyone that pays close attention to you is gonna know excuse me that it's authentic uh even just taking like a quick look through like your instagram i mean just looking at all the pictures from let's say the last five years or maybe even i mean even longer than that but they're going to see like, wow, like Tom just looks like he walked out of a 1980s movie. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they're going to know like, oh, this guy, he loves that, that culture, you know? So, so when, when I was introduced to Million Miler and heard that it was you, I was like, oh, well, that doesn't shock me. Like I could totally, <laughs> you know, I could totally nice. see him doing that, you know? Nice. And so, so I, I think just, I think of it comes. Course, I had to punctuate it all with the mustache. That is the, <laughs> that seals the deal, you know, like any, every friend that I ever, my, all of my dad's friends had mustaches in the eighties for sure. My, so. my dad, my dad yeah, right? did. Right. So that sealed the deal with that. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I differentiate. If I'm doing something plain white tees, I'll be clean shaven. But if million milers come in, you'll see the mustache. <laughs> it's, see? It's, growing, it's, it's almost it's like my out. little disguise. It's like incognito. <laughs> like, yeah. Which, which me are you going to get? You never know. Hey, you got to have it. I mean, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of bands do that with their, their other projects. You know, I can't help, but you know, green day comes to mind with some of their other projects you know totally. the, the network and Foxborough right. hot tubs and yeah you know they're like alter egos 
So Sure. Well, the funny thing is, and again, with Million Miler, I feel like it's almost the opposite. I feel like it's like somehow in my mind, the million, and maybe this is how like Green Day feels. Um, the Million Miler thing, like I said, is almost the more authentic version of me right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I could totally see that because <laughs> with when you have something that's got so many years attached to it and uh, that mainstream success, you're you're kind of branded, you know, or you well you know you not kind of you are so sure, yeah you know and um, so it's and like, it's like that that thing doesn't even belong to me anymore. That's out there and that's so global and so. You know, yeah, you can't control it. Of all these people, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's already there. The seed is planted. It's grown. You, you know, and with so yeah, that that makes complete sense. You know, that million miler, you would feel like that's more authentically like how you are at this present moment. Yeah, exactly. I never really thought about that with when you know bands have other um, music groups and things like that that makes perfect sense light bulb goes on go, yeah, goes, right? off of my, <laughs> goes off of my head um well let's talk about um humans were here um your record label which million miler is on tlb of course plain white tees but when i was talking to darren last month of tlb he was telling me that you guys have some some cool like things happening because i know with like the pandemic i'm sure you've been spending like more time tra- and the, the label is still relatively new it's only what like four three or four years old yeah so, i mean well technically i guess it's that old but it's only been really been active for about the last year and a half i'd say okay uh, well i guess i shouldn't say that because you forget that a year just went by with nothing happening so <laughs> maybe about two years two years of being pretty active Um, but yeah, the the pandemic definitely shifted how we have to kind of, you know, work and, and, uh, and put things and release things. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So long story short, started a record label called humans were here. Uh, as we've said, a big part of what I, what I love to do is writing and producing with other artists and stuff. Um, so I, I signed a, a local, um, Chicago suburban, uh, duo called Fairview. Um, these awesome kids, it's actually a boyfriend and a real life couple, Matt and Lizzie. Um, they're super, you know, they're, uh, just super, the, some of the nicest people and they're really amazing, uh, songwriters and singers. And so I've been working, working with them for a little while. And, um, that was kind of what made me, okay, like I've, I've worked with artists for a while. I've done this kind of thing, but like, I need to like figure out an, a lane that I can put this stuff out, you know, like that I can use it to actually release this song, this, this, this material. And around that same time, TLB started with me and Darren, like you said. So it's like, okay, we're going to put out a TLB record too, you know? So it was like, okay, I need to just freaking do a label. I've always kind of thought about it. Um, and so, yeah, but, but working with these artists close is what really made me like, okay, it's time, you know, this is it. We've got some great material. We're recording these, these, these great records, like let's figure out a a label. And again, the naming it, like I said, I like naming things. (laughs) Once I, I, I really took my time, um, you know, coming up with that name humans were here. Um, but once I, I hit on that name, 
it just felt perfect. And it felt like, okay, everything fell into place. I reached out to one of my favorite artists, this guy, Scott Listfield, um, who does this really amazing uh, paintings of an astronaut, like a one astronaut in like these kind of, kind of post-apocalyptic settings. Um, he's just, all his stuff is just so beautiful and it makes you think, you know? Um, and so I actually reached out to him and I asked him if he would do the logo for the label. And so that humans were here logo with the astronaut humans were here. That's, that's by Scott Listfield. He did that for me. Um, so yeah, once you, once you basically name something and have a logo, the rest is kind of easy. It takes care of itself, you know, and it becomes real and it becomes like, um, you know, just something that, that, uh, I don't know, people, people see and people can, can understand it. It's much easier to say like, oh yeah, I've got a record label here. Here's the record and here's the logo and here it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing with my friends and like, yeah, we're recording some music and yeah, we're going to like put it out somehow, you know, it just kind of legitimizes everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So ever since then, just been kind of working nonstop. And we had before the pandemic, we were really, we have six artists on the label right now. And we were working at a pace where we were trying to release a song a month from each artist. And I'm involved in uh, most of the writing and producing of everything. Wow. I like to be super hands-on with everything. And, you know, it's like the artist development, in my opinion, is one of the most important parts of, of the music business and, and just being an artist in general. Like I, we had some great, what some of our, like our very first manager we ever had um, really helped me a lot in just kind of finding my path and my way as a writer and an artist. So, so I find a lot of value in that. Um, so, yeah. So the idea was to do a song a month from every artist, which was pretty, you know, we were busting ass for a while flying back and forth to LA because a couple of our artists are out there and a couple of them are in Chicago here. So just kind of just doing it. And that's kind of, if you think about it, writing like, yeah, like, what it would it be three songs every two weeks writing and producing three songs every two weeks and you know sometimes we wouldn't quite meet that but just to have that as a, as a goal you know that's what we were trying to do um and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit so it was like okay it's halt and now it's like even like the chicago artists that we have it's like not really we can't be like having a bunch of people filter in every couple of days, you know, we just try to be as safe as possible. Um, we didn't even do any recording until July. And uh, we started with TLB. Me and Darren were just kind of writing the songs just remotely. Like I would come up with an idea, send him a voice memo. We'd kind of bounce back and forth ideas. And then we actually did demos that way too. I went downstairs and just literally recorded, like I hit voice memo on my phone and played drums to like one of our songs and I sent it to him and he'd play bass on it and guitar. And, you know, so it was pretty like, we just had to do, had to figure it out, you know, and had to just do whatever we had to, to, to get it done. Um, so yeah. So then we just ended up masking up being super safe. Um, one person in, in one room at a time. And, uh, we just finished recording the, uh, that blood and sand album. And so once we got through that, it was like, okay, we did it. It feels good. Like everybody's healthy. We did it safe. Um, so we felt real good about it. 
And then that kind of transitioned into me uh, finishing the Million Miler album, you know? So instead of kind of bouncing around artist, artist, artist every week, it was like, cool, let's take like a month or two and just make an album, make out instead of doing a song, you know, a month, let's just do a freaking album. And that was, it seemed to be like the safer way of doing it. And also kind of pushed the label ahead and said like, okay, now it's not just about getting a song up on Spotify and, you know, trying to promote it on social media. Now it's like, shit, we've got to press 500 vinyl. And now we've got, to, that's a whole other process. Mm-hmm. And now how the hell do we sell 500 vinyl? And, yeah, you know, how do you so, push that? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's all a learning process, but it's like each step of the way by doing that, it forces us to grow and forces us to meet those challenges and figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's been a really, really fun learning process. And, and yeah, I really feel like, um, I know I said it before, but it's like, it feels like the early days of plain white tees where I'm just starting these like between million miler and, and just the label humans were here. There's just so much excitement, um, that, yeah, it just feels like, man, this stuff has the potential to just like, to, 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 to do what plain white tees did or, or greater, you know, to just mm-hmm. really connect in such a big way. Um, and it's kind of fun because it's like, man, nobody really knows about the stuff yet. So it's still just in this growing stages. Um, and, you know, at being in plain white tees and having all of, of, of our success, you know, I look back and think, man, really like those early days, that was some of the best part of all of it. You know, it's like, like some of the best parts of, of the whole story, you know, of course it's great having the success, but like, man, building up to it and like getting, you know, doing that grind and like, just knowing that you have this thing that's special and like, how do I, how do I get other people to know about it? How do I spread this and make it grow? I mean, there's something really exciting about that and really fun about that. And so, yeah, to be able to do that, like I said, with my solo project, Million Miler, with my label, Humans Were Here, and all the artists, it's 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 a really, really fun time for me. That's great to hear, man. It, yeah, it's uh, there is something special about that, those moments before the actual success. And I don't know if that's because like once you have the success, it's just like really stressful or you know what I mean? Because then you got to yeah. like and you're like, oh, I got to maintain this. Like, you know, right. I, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And and honestly, you know, it's funny is uh, while Del- like Delilah blowing up was the hardest we ever worked in our lives. You know, like the grinding, touring in a van, living in a van basically was like a piece of cake compared to when Delilah was a hit because we were flying. We, we wouldn't sleep. We'd be doing five radio shows a day, a real concert, a meet and greet before the concert, a meet and greet after the concert, straight to the airport, sleep on the three-hour flight, land, go straight to the radio stations and do it all again. You know, it was like... I mean, I'm not complaining at all. It was awesome. But like, there was a ton of work. Like you'd think like, oh, we made it. Like, let's go, let's party and let's hang out and chill. (laughs) But it was totally the opposite, you know, like you said. And then once you have that hit, it's like, oh shit. Okay, now, now the label is waiting for the next hit. And it's like, wait, do we have, you know, like, how did we, wait, how did I do that? What did I just do there? You know, like, so yeah, there's definitely... 
And then, of course, it becomes more and more of a like a job, you know, because, oh, we just made now we're all now I'm responsible for the, you know, careers of the other members of the band, our management. You know, it's like now there's people that rely on me to make their living. So I there's even more pressure to like write another song that connects, you know. So, yeah, it's a. It's a weird thing. So it's definitely like where I'm at now with just starting fresh on some of these things. There's just more of a uh, like, yeah, there's no pressure. So it just yeah. makes it that much more fun. And That's like I said, good. there's something about like, like, like knowing that I've got something really, really special. And like, I don't know, it's just you, it, you can figure figure out creative ways to like get it out there and mm-hmm. to you know, get people to hear about it. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, man. This so that's been... why, thank you for letting me be on this because this is one of those <laughs> ways where, you know, some people are going to find out about it that, that haven't heard of it before. So, right. So exactly. You. Because a lot of people that, um, you know, some people might not know that you're attached to million miler or even TLB. Um, so, and, and I mean, a million miler, especially being as new as it, as it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to get the word out. Um, especially since it's a solo project that is, isn't your name, you know, but it's very oh, really? cool. Oh, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but. No, you, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. 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 You get what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much, uh, Tom, for being on today. This was a lot of fun. I really, uh, really enjoyed getting to hear about everything. And like, I know we could go on for like probably another hour or two or three, because there's just, you know, the, the topics are endless. <laughs> for know? sure. You know, we didn't get to pizza, so we'll have to do it again we didn't and just get talk to... about pizza. Well, yeah. next time, maybe we can do this in person and, oh, yeah. you know. Cause... Oh, man. In person, that would be, that's not, like, dude, just to hang out with anybody right now would be so fun. Without right? a mask, they're like freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. I like, know. don't was... you kind of feel like if you do see people, like I said, we've been kind of working, you know, slowly at a nice, safe, safe, um, you know, we're, 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 we're taking it very slow. Right. Mm. But even then, don't you kind of feel like even if you hung out with somebody and you mask up and you stayed six feet apart and you totally were safe, isn't there like a little period afterwards where you're like, Oh man, I I don't know if that I should have done or, you know, you feel weird, right? Totally. Yes. Yeah. It's such a, I know it's so weird. Like I was thinking about the last time I recorded an episode and I was face to face with somebody eating pizza. And it's so weird to think about doing that now. Like the last time yeah. was with, it was actually with Stuby. Oh, no um, way. Yeah. It was right when he was announcing his MS diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so that was in like November, I think of 2019. And, uh, so we, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the pizza place in Chicago, but you know, we sat down in a restaurant to record this podcast and do this, this live stream. And it's oh, nice. just so, it's just so weird to think about doing that right now. Totally. dude. Totally. <laughs> so odd. Yeah. Like just like, or, you know, it's like blowing out candles on a birthday cake. 
Like, yeah. and then everybody cuts it up and eats it. Isn't that, doesn't that seem weird that, now? That's like, whoa, like, whoa, you're yeah. like, you're going to eat that? Like he just, totally. blew, he just blew on it. <laughs> like, yeah, there's going to be What's such a weird, with you? such a weird adjustment period, you know, yes. after this, like, even if we're all vaccined and like, cool, virus is gone. You're still going to be like, oh, hey, dude, uh, hey, hey, dude, you know, elbow me, you know. I always, it is, I always, since this pandemic hit, I've been thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio and the aviator. Um, Because totally Howard Hughes. Because Howard Hughes was a germaphobe and it was because he lived through the, uh, the flu uh, Ah. epidemic in, at least I think so. Uh, And, you know, right around, yeah, Yeah. right around World War One. Um, yeah. Wow. So, you know, right. the, some people, some people are not going to bounce back from this, you know, and they're going to kind of be a little bit paranoid, a little bit weird for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I will be for a little bit, you know, yeah. it's like, like, I'm still going to like, like, dude, when I, when I get back on a plane, Mr. Million Miler, like <laughs> I'm going to wear a mask. Like, even if I'm back vaccinated, you know, it's like, yeah. Just like you don't want to until like it's the thing is like eradicated, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to be those people where it's going to get to a point where you don't have to wear a mask on the plane, but you're going to be that guy that's wearing one anyway. Yeah, totally. And the flight attendant <laughs> is going to come up to you and say, oh, sir, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And you're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm, yeah, thanks. Totally. Thanks, though. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But hey, it'll be okay. It'll, slowly but surely, we'll, we'll get back, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't For wait. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. But uh, yeah, hopefully, it would yeah, be great to actually do this in person, full-fledged with pizza yes. and all that stuff. I'm all about it. Day. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that, that would be, uh, that would be fun. So awesome. Well, um, Tom, have a great rest of the day and thank you, um, you too. Yeah. Thank and you. again, thank you for doing it. I know like, you know, uh, and thanks for getting in that other stuff with me. Obviously the teaser, we could talk about that all day. <laughs> we can talk about any of it all day, honestly. True. So, but the fact that I, I can promote all this other stuff, like that's super cool. So thanks. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, you're much more than plain white tees. Ah, so. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, man. Well, I will hopefully, uh, like you said, we'll do this in person and hell, yeah. if it's not in person, let's do it again a few months down the line. Either way, whatever. You bet, man. You bet. Cool. All right, awesome. dude. All right. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Bye. All right. See ya. Tom Higginson, such a creative and kind dude. I really loved hearing about all the different aspects of his musical projects and how they all work in his mind. You know, hearing how creative people like Tom work always inspires me to take take a look at my own work and be like, hmm, 
I wonder how I can do things differently or improve upon them. So thank you, Tom, so much for your time today. It was a real pleasure. And uh, thank you to Caitlin Rose from Humans Were Here for setting up this interview as well. Uh, Today's episode of Pop Punk and Pizza has been brought to you by the band Weatherworn and their single, You Had Me At Hello, which is available now wherever you stream music. Listen to a hum when the summer silence resonates Death and vibration, the crashing of waves It's freeing within moments, countless hours drift away you had me at hello you can find that song wherever it is that you stream music they're currently working on their second full-length album and i and i cannot wait to hear it you can follow the band on facebook and instagram at weatherworn va and twitter 
at Weatherworn Band. And if your band, business, or event would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, go to poppunkpizzapod.com to find out all the details. That wraps things up for me. I'm Jacques Lamore. I had a ton of fun spending time with you today, as I always do. It really is a pleasure and, an, and a privilege to do this with you uh, twice a week. If uh, you want to uh, support the podcast, uh, a little further, uh, please subscribe to us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and give us a positive rating and review. You can also catch up on previous episodes, sign up for our mailing list, buy merch, submit your band's music, all of that stuff at poppunkpizzapod.com. Our social media accounts are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. And if you've done all of those things already, well, <laughs> thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate it. So I'm going to talk to you in a few days, this Thursday, February 11th, when Maggie Schneider who is the front woman of Glimmers, joins us on the podcast. We dive into the band's latest single, Not Good at Goodbyes, and so many other things. Until then, please be safe and take good care of yourself, all right? Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you.